Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. I always want to say, your mom has a blog.com podcast, but you don't like that. No, that doesn't it's, have much of a ring. It's the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I, I sound quiet. Am I? Do I sound quiet in your headphones? No, you sound good. Okay. I think it's a good, good mix. You're like, oh yeah, I like it when you're quiet. I like it when my <laughs> voice is really loud. So we had a really fun night tonight. Sawyer, our middle child, turned nine today. So happy birthday to Sawyer. And we went to the... It's not really a new restaurant over in Graham, is it? It's no, a, it's an old restaurant it's an old, and, and a, a new, new location. Place. Yeah, La Hacienda. Is that what it's called? No. What's it called? Casa Grande. Casa Grande. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same idea. Like a, Hacienda is a big house too, right? I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. It's more like a ranch. I think that's what a hacienda is. And uh, it was really fun. They came out, you know, with the with the hat. The big sombrero. They put, the, they put a sombrero on his head. And <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like, one, did you see the lady with the cup that, with the silverware in it? So like, and she, she shook the she cup. She was just shaking the cup full of silverware. And they came out and they sang, Happy birthday, Panchito. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. So the look on his face was funny when they were singing. Yeah, it was like, "What's happening here?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really good. So it's been been a been a fun night. And then we we came back home and and uh, I took a power nap before we did the the podcast. So it's pretty late right now. It's actually eleven thirty six right now. Yes, and we are night owls. Uh, generally, we think better uh, later. Don't you think? Sad but true. Yeah. I wish I kind of wish we were morning people. <laughs> you know, that's true. Like morning people get so much more respect than like no one respects a night owl. They're like, what's, no. what's wrong think, with you people? I think people think night owls are kind of slobs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is, which is I'm, I am a slob. But I'll actually, look. research shows that night owls are, I are, mean, I'm sorry, morning people. We're night smarter. owls are more intelligent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what research says. Yeah. And our, we had a couple, we had some friends uh, at our last church when we were in Texarkana, Bruce and Linda, and they would stay up, like they took staying up late to a new level. Like, they stayed up till two in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And they were, they were, you know, in their fifties or sixties, they were getting up there for staying up that late, you know. But we, we have our nights when we're up till yeah. two. Yeah. We, we've done that. Yeah. And then got up the next morning and tried to be Function. adults. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, the kids go to sleep and then it's like you're 20 again. Party time. Yeah, so. Which but, our party time consists of eating ice cream and yeah. Blue Bell, no sugar added. Yeah, just talking. We don't really party very hard. And watching, um, you know, BBC dramas which that's only a recent thing yeah. that we've started watching some tv yeah that pride and prejudice that really that really changed my life I'm telling you that mr darcy i just can't believe you got to be 42 years old and <laughs> never seen pride and prejudice well, well you're almost 40 and you don't understand down and distance in football so yes i do yeah i don't know about that i just don't care about it i just don't care about the down and distance yeah well the reason so it's eleven thirty-seven now and we're this is take two of the podcast tonight. So we were at the the Mexican restaurant La Grande, and we the what is it again? Casa Grande. Casa Grande. <laughs> and 
<laughs> La Hacienda Casa Grande, Dos Chiles. We were there. <laughs> Boy, I miss ponchos. I don't. Ponchos isn't good I, food. I love ponchos. No. You know, that's... You know, I thought poncho... When, I, when we were growing up, we went to ponchos a lot. And my mom listens to the podcast. She can testify. We were poncho fans. And I actually thought that was a really nice restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I did. It was so good. I was like, yeah, there's this place we go. And if you want another enchilada, you just raise a flag and they bring you what you want. All you So can- explain the concept of ponchos to those. I don't know. They don't have ponchos up north, right? I'm sure they don't. Yeah. I think ponchos started in Arlington, but it could have started somewhere else. I don't know. But they had a ponchos in Shreveport. Remember that? Yeah, I know. And it wasn't nice. No. <laughs> it was kind of gross. <laughs> it was really hard to... Like, now, well, is that the only ponchos left? I don't know where there's another ponchos. I don't know. I, I want to go to poncho. This summer, that's one of my resolutions. I want to go to ponchos at some point. So you're just making up that resolution for 2017. That's, yeah, I want right to eat it. I want to eat at Poncho's one more time. Poncho's. Because it probably won't last forever, like the battery on that phone. So explain the concept. <laughs> well, it's like a it's like a uh, Mexican food cafeteria. So you go through the line with your tray, and uh, you know you can pick what you want. I'll take some rice and beans. I'll take a couple enchiladas. I'll take two tacos. They would put soup on this hot plate for you. And then we would always pass by these most wonderful-looking desserts. Do you remember those? Like the Jello with the Jello with the whipped cream. cream. Oh yeah. man! And it was in a huge glass, and you just thought that is the ultimate dessert. And in my mind, you know, we were never allowed to get one of those. I've never had one, even to even to this day. If I went to Poncho's, I would not let myself get that because in my mind. Those cost like, you know, two or three hundred dollars. Hey, when we go to Poncho's, which I'm not convinced this is going to happen, but if we do, you're getting the jello. <laughs> the time has come, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I need to enjoy that. It wasn't <laughs> like it was like Mexican flag jello, right? It was like red and white and green. Yes. With the jello in between. Oh, white? Man. Oh, oh, you yeah, mean the like cream. the whipped cream? Yeah, the, whip yeah. Cream, oh, the Mexican flag. Anyway. Yeah. So while we're at the restaurant, I said, let's do the podcast. Well, we're at La Grande Hacienda Dos Chiles Panchos. And I said, let's do the <laughs> podcast tonight. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to do it tomorrow night after church. Be too tired. And so we just finished a podcast that rang in at, what, like 47 minutes or something. I mean, it's a long podcast. And when we were through with it, I just, you know, I don't like, I didn't like my tone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was it, it, okay. So we sat down to talk about the blog post that um, I put up last night, which was about the women's march. And then we, you know, we were talking about reproductive rights, the abortion issue, and all of this. And, you know, we're very passionate about this topic. And at the end of our podcast, we thought, huh, I wonder. I wonder what that would be like to listen to. Yeah. Because we talked about abortion for 45 minutes. For 45 minutes talking about abortion. And, and I thought, I, I I don't know if anything we said hadn't been said before. I'm sure it's all been said before. Well, there are no original thoughts. Yeah. You know? But I, I was, I felt like, I feel like sometimes when I talk about that, 
I get so worked up. You know, it is truly hard for me to be objective and reasonable. I felt like we were somewhat, you know, we were we were ranting a little. Yeah, it was like a rant. So I don't know if it was helpful. If you really want to hear it, if you really want to hear that podcast, maybe we can find a way to secretly deliver it to you. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know if that's something, I was just thinking, I don't know if that's something I want floating around out in cyberspace forever right you know i don't i don't know it's kind of it's hard i don't know it's hard to tell you know yeah we, I, I don't i don't think we said anything that that i mean i think the things we said need to be said yeah this is that they were maybe said in i think when we talk about this million woman march or whatever they're calling it it's it's so easy to get upset about it maybe it's so easy for people who marched to get upset over what you wrote in the blog. And you can probably just read the comments on the Facebook page of your mom has a blog or, you know, the comments themselves. I don't know if they've, if anyone's been negative, but you know, people get worked up over this and on both sides of it. And I don't know, I I want to be helpful in the way I talk about it. And I want to seem reasonable and understanding. And so I think maybe that you know didn't best represent um you know how i i think the way i can get upset and worked up over an issue doesn't really represent what how my heart really feels towards people who are struggling with something right i think it's easy to um I think it's easy to forget how you would react to an actual human being standing in front of you who's mm-hmm. had an abortion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you're just talking about it in hypothetical terms. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the, the point of redoing, so this would be take two. Uh, maybe the, the after ranting, you know, and thinking about my rant, and I even, you know, I did save the rant. Um, you know, thinking about it, after we've after we've said all that stuff and thinking I'm not sure I want to put that out there maybe the lesson I learned from it is um, whenever we talk about these things to really try to hear what the other side is saying even if you think it's ridiculous to really make the effort to listen and to not be a jerk because I found myself feeling like man I just went right into I'm a jerk mode, you know, so fast <laughs> that you you can you can go from being reasonable to being no one's going to listen to you r- really quickly, right? And to really losing your your audience with people or, or, or losing that platform, and you know I think it's tough to know when to draw that line between I'm speaking the truth and I'm telling it how it is. And speaking in a way where the people that you that most need to hear it are not going to listen, right? And and maybe that's really what was going on at that march. I think that march was so off-putting that you know whatever was. And I think we're now we're arguing on social media what the purpose of the march was. I I feel like it was the purpose was mainly to promote reproductive rights. Obviously, people that are responding to your blog felt that it was about other things too. Right. And so, you know, we're trying to sort that out. What was that march really about? But 
for the most part, people who, um, you know, are pro-life and who view abortion as a kind of the modern day Holocaust, that that march immediately, you know, was a turnoff. Don't you think? Yes, just, I do. Just a total, like, you know, uh, I don't know. If they were trying to reach us, they did not reach us at all. If they were trying to reach a Chad Edgington out here in the middle of America on the plains of Texas, if you were trying to to to, to somehow change my thinking uh, regarding your sacred issues or your special issues or whatever um, ish, interests, then it didn't work because all I could see was something that is really an anathema to me. I could right. only see your uh, your emphasis that all people should think this the way you do on reproductive rights. Okay. And, of course, we have fundamental uh, disagreements about what's going on in an abortion. Um, and so I got up when I was talking about it. I mean, it, it's upsetting to me. It's upsetting to me that Christians would participate in that march and align themselves with those causes. But I'm not perfect, and I'm sure that I uh, oftentimes, you know, speak and do things in a way that betray what I truly believe. And so I can't really, you know, I've tried to, so I think maybe round two of the podcast, take two of the podcast, would would necessitate me saying, I really easily move into removing the speck from someone else's eye when there's a log in my eye. So I want to, I want to be humble in that way. Right. And yet still find a way to speak the truth about abortion, but no, it's not coming from um, any animosity towards a person as much as it's from the system, the, the system, the, the culture that has been set up. And I bet feminists feel the same way. I think probably for the most part, you know, notwithstanding their hatred for um, Donald Trump, when they talk about the patriarchy, they're probably not talking about their own dad or they're not talking about any man they know. Most men that they know are kind and nice and are not, you know, uh, institutionally oppressing them. But it's a system. It's, It's a culture that has grown up and developed where, you know, it's more important to be pretty than to be smart if you're a girl. You know, and that's not fair to base someone's worth on such superficial things. You know, so you I can get behind that, and I can agree with that as a man, and I can see, yeah, that system, the culture, we need to really change a lot of things that are that are that work towards oppressing women. You know, I can I can see that. I would like to be able to argue about this in such a way where someone who doesn't agree with me on the sanctity of human life issue would would say, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying, that this culture has arisen that is allowing this practice to continue. You know, and it's it's not the fault of the women having the abortion. Maybe it's not even the fault of doctors who think they're doing the right thing are participating in this, nurses and, you know, the whole system. It, it's, it's not something we're, we're coming down on individuals for doing. It's just a way of thinking about something and what is right and what is wrong and, and getting to the heart of the matter. Does right. that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that, that's, you know, 
maybe that's better. Maybe it's better just to say that than to trot out as I love to trot out. If I was just arguing with somebody or discussing it with somebody face to face where they could talk back to me, you know, maybe there's a time to make your, you know, your arguments and then a time to say, you know, let's try to listen to each other when we get into those arguments. Maybe that's a better thing to say. And I think what you said, you know, like that's good for on your blog. And I suppose there's a comment section on a podcast, but you have a practice of when you write your blog, you say what you want to say, and then you don't respond to the comments. Right. I mean, um, I, I consider my blog to be the place where I say my piece and then um, when arguments arise, I just let I just let the readers duke it out in the comments. I mean, I don't get involved in that discussion because I've already said uh, my piece. And so I, I, I had to learn that early on in blogging. I used to get on and, and try to argue with people. And I just didn't like the way, I just, I didn't feel good about that. I, did, I don't like arguing with people. I'm not the type of person who likes confrontation, arguing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's why I appreciate the blog format where I can, you know, speak the truth as the Holy Spirit impresses it upon me and as the Bible lays it out. And, um, you know, I don't have to argue with anyone or attack anyone or anything like that. It can just be, you know, here's, here's, I'm putting this out there and y'all discuss it amongst yourselves and I enjoy watching the discussions, you know, um, but yeah, I, I put it out there, and then I just try not to argue about it. And this one, it is pretty. You could tell when they start to get traction. Mm-hmm. You know, and most of the clicks are driven by Facebook. I um, I, I don't know, you know, how far out that this particular post will go, but you know, you can tell on blog posts when they have gone beyond your your circle. You know, uh, they they keep going further and further out into circles that you don't normally run in, you know, on the blogosphere. And um, and that's whenever more of the negative comments come in, because then people start sharing the post to say, look at how idiotic these people are, you know, and, yeah. then, and then you start getting more negative comments. I've gotten some negative comments today, but... Um, everybody's been very civil and it hasn't been bad. But you're thinking it hasn't quite gone to that next level. Right. Where it's, and, and the further away you get from people who know you. There are some people who spend all day on the internet searching for places to um, spew, you know, their agenda. And they say the same things over and over again, hundreds of times a day on different blogs and mm-hmm. different platforms. And so when those people discover a post like this and they come to your blog and, and that's when it gets kind of unpleasant because, um, you know, they're, they're not, they're not really interacting necessarily with what you said. They're just trying to get their agenda out there. Do you post every comment? I post every comment unless it has profanity in it. If it has profanity, I will email the commenter and ask them to resubmit the comment without the profanity because I don't post profanity mm-hmm. on my blog. So. But you don't think say whatever they want? 
without cussing. I, I don't um I don't edit negative comments, you know, or attacks on me or anything like yeah. that cuz I feel I know some bloggers do that, but uh, for me I feel like for what I'm trying to accomplish on my blog, I think it's intellectually dishonest of me to cut out the comments that disagree with me. So I just put them up there and then, you know, there are certain points on blog posts where everything that can be said has been said many times. Mm-hmm. And when it gets to that point, I'll just shut the comments down. Yeah. It's really interesting. And we'll see, you know, if this one goes any further. It's, it's always fun when one of them goes viral. It's interesting. Yeah, and you've had a few that have that have really gone around. It's, and the ones that have gone around big time, they will sometimes just start up again, won't they? Mm-hmm. You know? It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. How, the, how the internet works. Some months old or even, you know, yeah, I guess it would be months old. Months yeah. later after you've written them, they'll just start to kind of get a little bit, you know, get another 5,000 hits. Just right. out of, you know, you have no idea where that's making the rounds, but it's not in your circle. It's like it. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about Facebook is is I think we tend to think that everybody's Facebook feed looks just like ours. You know, like when you think when I think of and and sometimes you're you'll be logged into to my computer or I'll get on your computer and click over on the Facebook and start to scroll down. I'm like, what is all this weird stuff? <laughs> like it shocks me how different mm-hmm. you know. And 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 I'm sure. You know, I, I hear people talk about Facebook and how awful it is. And and yet most of my Facebook feed is filled with really nice people quoting mm. scripture and yeah. articles that are encouraging or um, informative. You know, it's not full of, I mean, there's a fair share of fake news. I will say that I am friends <laughs> with a lot of senior adults <laughs> in churches that tend to post fake news. I don't know. I just think they you know some, you see something in print you're not used to, you know you're not used to having having to filter all of the fake news out but right. so I'll see some fake news but you know consider the source and and you got to know when it's fake but for the most part it's very Facebook in in my opinion is is very um I I like it because I see people's what they're doing see you know it helps me kind of keep track of church members and uh, you know, see what they're up to and uh, what's going on in their life, and it's been a very—it's a very good ministry tool. It is. It's, so it's I just agree. like everything else. I mean, it can be terrible. It can take up too much of your time. I realize we're all addicted to cell phones and all these things, but uh, the connectivity's good as long as it is. There's is there are true connections in real life and connections online um, is good. But that's it's. Uh, we'll see if it. We'll see what this post can do. And then see what kind of, um, I guess, conversation it sparks. And yeah. what what's next? What's next on the blog? Yeah. You have no idea, right? No. You know, a lot of bloggers have their blogs planned out, you know, and they know every day, like they already have a schedule laid out for their week of what's going to post when and all that. Well... You know, I'm I'm not I don't do that, and it probably means I'm not a real blogger. <laughs> but you know, I I you're write, a real blogger. You I are write a about what strikes me in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's always a very here and now kind of thing. Whenever mm-hmm. I post something, it's it typically has something to do with exactly what's happening in my life at the yeah. moment. 
Or sometimes I see them and I'm very flattered because it's like the Sunday school lesson has ruminated. And oh, it turns yeah. into a post or a sermon turns into a post. And That's true. That is so flattering to me, darling. <laughs> Everything oh. I know I've learned from you. Oh, darling. The way that you... The way that you turned my sermon into a post, it's much smarter than what I said, is so flattering. <laughs> She's like, this is what Chad should have said in his sermon. <laughs> That's but, not true. Yeah, I know. He's talking like Darcy from Pride and Prejudice, yeah. in case you were wondering. That's his new thing. Y'all know he's not, accents aren't exactly his forte. I mean, I can do some voices pretty good. Yeah, but accents. I, I just, if I, I don't know what's happened. I used to be better at them. I used to could do an accent. When, like before I knew you? Yeah, I think I think before. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought I, I thought I'd do pretty good. Uh, I see, I can't do it anymore. I was trying to do a Paul McCartney, you know, or a liver puddlian accent, and I can't even remember how to do them anymore, because I don't make a habit of talking in an accent. Right. I one time I, I remember the thing that it, one of the most annoying experiences of my life was one day I was working in Abilene. I was dry, I was going to drive back home to Eastland. And I would stop, you know, and get a Dr. Pepper and some peanuts or something at a convenience store, put a little gas in my car. And I went into an Allsup's or something. And there were these two young people in their 20s. And they were talking to each other and talking to all the customers in British accents. And they thought they were really hilarious, <laughs> but they were also trying to convince us that it's, it's, you know, it's probably something that their theater professor or their theater teacher. Yes, because told when them I, to do. When I was in high school, we did that, and, and our one act play director, when we would go out to eat or something, she would have us speak in accents. Yeah, I can't tell you how annoying that is, though. <laughs> when they're trying to make you think that they're from, you know. Scotland or, or or London or something like this, and they're um, they're telling people, okay, get your gas. I can see I can't do it. How they would get your gas on pump four? You know, I mean, come on, dude. Oh, oh, mate, get your get your gas on pump four, mate. That's pretty, that's better, right? I'm getting it. I'm feeling it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, you want you want a bag for that? For you, Dr. Pepper? I can't. I don't know. It's terrible. I need to practice. I need to get a job at a convenience store and practice on my... my but I just, that was the most annoying thing. Because I wanted... Uh, and and the, the part of me wanted to say, I know that you're from Clyde. Don't be acting like you're not from, you know, Abilene. Yeah. You know? But then what if I had said something and, and the girl's like, I'm an exchange student. I'm really... I really am from South Africa or whatever they were trying to Because that would be embarrassing if you thought the real accent was fake. Fake, yeah. Yeah. But it was fake. I guarantee <laughs> you. Like, they don't work there when they come over here. Right. You know, people with an accent like that, they get better jobs. Just saying. But that Whataburger in Clyde is fancy. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day. It's, was it at Whataburger? No, no. This was just, oh. you know, I don't remember where it was. Somewhere on the... East side of Abilene, I stopped and. So there's a Waterburger in Clyde, which actually has been, I guess, it's different now. Yeah, it's used, remodeled. It used to, mm-hmm. it used to be, more of a wildlife exhibit it inside was the Waterburger. So cool. Yeah. 
it had all of these what do you call it? It's not being stuffed. It's yeah, stuffed oh, animals. Like taxidermy. Yeah. It was yeah. filled with taxidermy. Yeah, they, I thought we call it stuffed. Getting the animal stuffed. I don't think that that's what they say. Yeah, now. preserved. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it was very good taxidermy. They had. That um, sounds really weird. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. You but went in there cool. and it was just all these animals hanging and, on the wall. And you know what else about that that Dairy Queen and Clyde? Oh, the Dairy no, Queen. It was a, it's a Whataburger. Burger. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm thinking about a Dairy Queen. In Clyde? Yeah, in Clyde. What about that Dairy There's Queen? There's a Dairy Queen in Clyde where you could say, I want a double shot of candy in my in my blizzard. Yeah. And you could get twice the amount of candy. For a little extra? Yeah. And it was yeah. amazing. I don't know. I've, I've heard people saying that before, that you could, like, asking for double chocolate and things. there's never enough candy in a blizzard, in my opinion. See, I disagree. I think they're too candied. Really? I've asked for less Butterfinger in the Blizzard What's before. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I just, I think at some point it becomes too rich with the candy. And I would rather scale back and have more of an ice cream flavor consistency. So, I know you don't like that, but... I'm totally judging your Blizzard choice right, right. now. You know, one time I went, I went and I said, I want the, uh, I don't it was maybe a Grasshopper. Is that the one that's green? Yeah, mint and chocolate. Yeah. I said, I want the grasshopper. Do you remember this night? It was in Wake Village. Yeah, and they put something weird in it. Well, they just gave me green ice cream. With It was mint ice cream with none of the chocolate. They said, we're out of chocolate chips or out of mints or whatever it was. The mint chocolate chip. And it was the most disgusting thing. It was just white. When it they was... handed it to me, they didn't say, hey, we don't have the stuff to make what you want. Would you rather have something else? They just handed me sort of a halfway done, and that was the last time I went to that restaurant. I I didn't never never went again. Really? Mm-hmm. They burned you. I get that way with certain things. Remember when Bell's accidentally charged my my debit card? And then you swore off Bell's for like five years. Well, I've been there. I've been back, but every time I go in, I have a grudge. Really? Like it pains me to buy things there. Yeah, you'll notice I don't buy much there. I'm like this this merchandise is no good. Chaps, U.S. Polo Association? It's not real. It's not real polo. Like, I really have a... I, I don't know what it is about U.S. Polo Association, but I have a negative association with it. Like, I associate negative thoughts with it, even though it existed before Ralph Lauren yeah, it polo. was the original it, polo. It was the original polo. Yeah. And so they won their lawsuit against Ralph Lauren. But, I don't know. It seems like... It seems like it's the imposter, even though it's the original. Anyway, I don't know where we were going it's with that. It's weird how that happens. It's weird how we we were able to totally scrap our first substantial take at the podcast tonight. And talk about blizzards. And then wind up talking about blizzards, and I feel a lot better about tonight's <laughs> the second take. <laughs> but, yeah, so the Clyde. Apparently, we just can't handle too much substance on this podcast. Right, right. So it's better to talk about fake accents and Whataburgers. Yeah. So... But anyway, I don't. I don't know. Um, I, don't, I, I guess we were just. I'm trying to retrace where our thoughts were going with that, but I do. I do want to say that uh, my accent may be bad, but the heart behind it is true. So I like to come, you know, slide in when Melissa's sitting on the couch and put my arm around her and 
say sweet nothings like Mr. Darcy would say in Pride and Prejudice. And you like that, right? Except he didn't say sweet nothings. He just scowled through the whole show. Well, sometimes I feel like I just want to brood. I'll just stand over in the corner, (laughs) refuse to dance. (laughs) (laughs) But there are other times when I feel like your eyes are the most handsome eyes I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) I've come to believe she's the most handsome woman I've ever laid eyes upon. That's pretty good, right? That was pretty good. Yeah, I got, I kind of got, you know, Darcy skills. <laughs> Darcy esque. Hey, speaking of restaurants, mm-hmm. I remember when you bought that Taco Casa calendar, and you said we were going to use all those coupons. Mm. Remember and, that? And then the low sodium diet happened. We've used one coupon. It's still January. We still have time. We've got two coupons to use in the next yeah. <laughs> six days. That that calendar was ten dollars. Yeah. And it will be so easy to get twenty dollars of value out of it. I'm not worried about it. I'm just wondering if I can eat the tacos on my diet. So my latest thing is now that I've cut out carbs and sugar, I'm also trying to cut out sodium. And there's just not a lot I can eat. Yeah. So Chad turned 42 since our last podcast. Yeah. And Everything's went on a low apart. sodium diet. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like my grandpa didn't have to do that until he had a stroke in his 70s or something. You Let's know. see, you're you're doing it before the stroke so yeah, that you don't yeah. have one. Right. Yeah. So that's that's the plan. Trying to get healthy. So another th- before we sign off here, I, I know this take two will be shorter. We're only in 33 minutes at the, this point into the podcast, and it needs to end soon because we're talking about nothing. Yeah, and it's 12:08 now, so yeah. it's it's getting late. But uh, speaking of this, so I saw this uh, postcard and I looked this up today, March 6th through 8th, 2017, at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, which is where I have my master's degree in theology um, from that school. There is a uh, conference called Text-Driven Preaching, and I'm really fascinated by text-driven preaching and have read a paper on it and trying to kind of incorporate that into my style of preaching. I've been preaching for three years now, still really feel like I'm trying to find my voice. I think it's interesting. Did you see the speakers here? Yes. H.B. Charles, Matt Carter, Steve Gaines. Uh, David Allen, Stephen Smith, and more, which I think this is a very neat way that they're doing this. I know H.B. Charles and Matt Carter are more on the reform side of things and kind of speak in those circles, where Steve Gaines, David David Allen, I'm assuming Stephen Smith would be on the less reform side, and I think that's neat to see, uh, if, you, if you know anything about Baptist life, that it's neat to see these guys coming together to talk about preaching, even though they might have a little bit different uh, soteriologies. Uh, so any, I th- I thought, well, March 6th through 8th, is that spring break? I'm not sure. Okay. How, how can we find that out? I want to, I need to find that out. So I saw this right here and I thought, I'm going to call my friend Andy uh, and, and or I sent him a text message or an email and I said, hey, would you be interested in, in going to this? And then I thought, well, you know, I should have asked Melissa if she wanted to go to this first. But I actually asked Andy first. So he has sort of an invitation to go to this. 
Yeah. So that will be weird if it's the three of us. No, it won't. <laughs> He'll have weird. to bring Ashley. <laughs> she, she but I think this, this oh, I was saying if we were all in the same room. Oh, well, like that if, would be If Andy weird. was on the couch. Or something. <laughs> so we won't do that. But uh, uh, this looks good to me. And I think it, I think it would be a, a neat conference to attend to think about preaching. It's you know, we, for forever in my life, you know, a good sermon has three points, and uh, this idea of text-driven preaching is where the scripture dictates what the points are, and and that's a much more. Um, the sermon is is really driven uh, by the by the passage that you're going through and explaining. And not necessarily trying to wrap a uh, a formula or a uh, some kind of a outline, you know, wrangle it into an outline. The the text is the outline itself. So maybe we maybe we can go to this. Would you be excited about attending this? I think it would be fun. Why would you, as as a as a, a non preacher, want to go to this? Well, because I I am a speaker. You are a speaker. Yeah, you do preach. You're just not a pastor. Women can preach. Women preached in the New Testament. And I, I think it, it, I like the way of, of hearing people. This I don't know if it's necessarily a new idea. I think it's just sort of that's the idea behind expository preaching. But to really figure out how to teach people the Bible, I think, is really it's worth going to and learning. So if that's not spring break, maybe we can go to it. Sounds fun. Yeah. And maybe some other pastors and friends that listen to this, take a look at that. It's on the Southwestern website, Text Driven Preaching Conference. Maybe we could all meet up and hang out in Fort Worth. And you know what's really fun to do when you're staying at the seminary? What? It's like late at night going to find a place that has tacos. Yeah. Yeah, just a taqueria. There's a bunch of them around there. So could be could be a fun time to catch up and hang out. Yeah. So what should we do about that first take of the podcast? Just keep it in the vault? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Should we destroy it? <laughs> I know. Let's put it on a disc and we'll build a fire and we'll burn it. <laughs> yeah. Like our old secular that'll, CDs. That'll feel like youth camp. Yeah. <laughs> so. Except there were tapes. Yeah, there were tapes. Um, I mean, I guess I would say if you really have a burning desire to hear us rant about abortion for 45 minutes, you know, maybe we can email it to you. Yeah. We'll, we'll do something. We'll compress it and zip it and whatever. Yeah. Email it. Alrighty. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening. Oh, man. Now it's late. <laughs> but we'll publish this one. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.